Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. I said hi to the listeners before I said hi to you. I'm so sorry. (laughs) Rude. Um, Today we're doing something a little bit different. We're doing a crossover pod, but I just wanted to tell any new listeners who might have, you know, found their way over here from our Mention It All episode um, that normally what we do is we recap shows that we watch every week. So Bravo, The Bachelor, 90 Day Fiance, things like that. And then we do a deep dive into a woman or a show um, from the past or present in reality TV. And yes, my co-host is the fabulous actress from Dave who plays Dave's now ex-girlfriend. I guess it's not determined yet on the show. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. TBD, TBD. Okay, okay. And I'm a writer and I, I'm working on a Mindy Kaling show right now. Um But today, we are going to showcase an episode of another podcast that Taylor did. Which is a really cool podcast I had so much fun on. It's called Green Eggs and Dan, and it's from the very multi-talented Dan Adut. He is an actor, writer, restaurateur, and comedian who you might recognize from Netflix's Cobra Kai and Kevin James's The Crew. And so each episode of this pod, Dan quizzes a famous guest about a very personal topic, their fridge. And he just launched his new season, and this season includes guests like the legendary chef Jacques Pepin, Modern Family star Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Food Lab author J. Kenzie Lopez-Alt, and Emmy-winning actor Henry Winkler. And they all show Dan what is inside their fridge. The conversation starts with food. Where it ends, you will just have to tune in to find out. So stay tuned because today we are featuring the second episode of season four where Dan talks to moi. And he talks to me about my fridge and it gets pretty personal. He really ribs on me for my love of Buffalo Wild Wings. (laughs) And we get into some pretty big debates about restaurant etiquette. Um, So subscribe, listen, and discover something new about what your food says about you on Green Eggs and Dan, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we will talk to you guys next week with a fun, normal table flipping episode. Bye. Bye. Talking about chicken a la king. Mango and garbanzo tabbouleh. Real potatoes and vegetables with roasted garlic and basil. Zucchini ziti. Granola fruit bar. Look at all this beautiful food. Guys, welcome to Green Eggs and Dan, where I interview amazing people with amazing minds. But all I care about is what is in their fridge. My guest today, oh guys, I'm so excited. She's an amazing actor who you can recognize, you might recognize from her co-leading role in the Pillow Talking music video with Little Dicky. <laughs> and if you haven't seen her on the FX show Dave, you are making a huge mistake. She plays Allie, and she will crack you up and melt your heart. Also, you can listen to her in Podcastville, where she and her co-host Alyssa Littman talk reality TV on the Table Flipping Podcast. Please welcome Taylor Mishak. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. That was so flattering. I'm all pumped up. That's the point. I want it. You should be. <laughs> I want you to feel special. Um, I'm so happy uh, to have you here. I'm a huge fan of your work. But this is the funny part is 
Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna admit I'm gonna admit uh, something here. Okay. I didn't know how to pronounce your last name. I've heard many different things, so mm-hmm. I went on YouTube and started typing your name in to like find an interview <gasps> of you. You know, like where someone. <laughs> and first, it was like all these lame red carpet things where like they yeah. they pretend like they're your best friend and they're like, "Oh my God, Taylor, how do you feel?" And I'm like, "God damn it, say her last name." And no one was doing it. And I even texted my friend, Andrew Santino, who's on your show. Oh, my God. And (laughs) I was like, Andrew, how do I pronounce Taylor's last name? But before he could get back to me, I found a TED Talk that you did. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. All about restaurant etiquette. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so perfect. I had no idea. I had no idea that you even had this background, the restaurant background. So I cannot wait to get to that because I have a lot to say. I, li- I watched the whole the whole TED Talk. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. Thank you. I, I did think so you had sent those uh, a-, a few questions ahead of time. And the very last one was restaurant pet peeves. And I was like, is this somehow passive aggressive about my literal TEDx talk about restaurant pet peeves? Also, I'm curious. No way. Did Andrew actually know how to pronounce my last name? No, you know, I got it before I, I got it before he could respond back. So I said, no problem. I got it. And then I started saying how you kind of have a bullshit last name because there should be an H in it. I know. I know. And it's, uh, yeah, it's just really Polish. It actually means little bear in Polish, but it does look like Misiak or Masiak and it's Smishak. And for a second, I thought about when I joined SAG making it phonetic. And then I was like, oh, I don't want to like Ellis Island myself. Like, I'll just let people like you have a tough time for the rest of my life. Like, that's just the way it is. (laughs) But hold on. It was originally probably Ellis Island into Missyak. Yeah, this is probably a result of it already being butchered from whatever it was in the first place. But yeah, you're not alone. It's uh, often people are like, ay, 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 I don't know how to say your name. But yeah, look, as Taylor Mishak. It, it ended up working out well, though, because now I ended up, I, it ended up getting me to the TED Talk, which is yeah, probably going to yeah. be the bulk of what we talk about. But again, <laughs> I can empathize. My last name is kind of tough as well for people. So I'm with mm, you. Mm-hmm. The struggle is real. So before we get into our restaurant pet peeves which is my favorite subject in the world let's get into your fridge you sent me your Uh fridge you guys can see Mm -hmm. taylor's fridge on my instagram at stand up dan i am going to share the screen now and taylor i told you please do not stage your fridge we want it in its natural habitat and this is literally like the cover of Fridge Magazine. I knew you would come for me and I am prepared. Okay. First of all, I am a full on disciple of this like trend of the home edit of like hyper organization. Yes. But even before this and like before, you know, obviously also hyper organizing in quarantine, I have a thing with labels. Like labels need to be facing out always. And pantries and my medicine cabinet, I like everything always has to be facing out. And that simply alone, like doing just that makes it look so beautiful. So I knew you were going to be like, Taylor, this is a lie. <laughs> but uh, you can ask my friends. I one time had a friend come over and she opened the fridge and she said, who does this? And I was like, what do you mean who? And she goes, who do you pay to come over and do this? And I was like, that's just how I do my fridge. Oh, my God. I thought she was saying it like a like a royal sarcastic. Like, who, do, oh, who yeah. the fuck does this? Who the fuck <laughs> does this? Your girl. So. I- There you go. It is so beautiful and so like I (laughs) it's just calming. Like I just want to like stare. I I just I want it to be like the background on my phone. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's amazing. That's the highest compliment I've ever gotten. That's so nice. (laughs) Okay. 
Let's get into some detail here. Let's get into it. Okay. So let's see. Everything seems pretty cool. There were a couple things I wanted. So on this 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 row over here, you've got a you've got a oh. shelf on in the door that is just devoted to <laughs> Buffalo Wild Wing sauces. Now, this is a little out of character because everything else is like organic and Tazo and Noosa and kombucha. And then there's fucking the uh -huh. Buffalo, like it's sponsored by Buffalo Wild Wings, this section in the fridge. I think I have a better shot here. Yeah, this is, uh, yeah. what is happening here? <laughs> okay, so you should also know that these are the ones that are in use. I have a pantry of the backups that are unopened that don't need to be refrigerated yet. Oh my God. So I, at any given time, have like probably a dozen Buffalo Wild Wings sauces. In, and this is also a sort of a COVID thing because my boyfriend Tony and I used to just like pretty much go once a week, especially during football season. <laughs> uh, and then when everything closed, we were like, oh my God, we're addicted. We're actual like addicts. We needed the sauce so bad. So we started ordering it and we now make our own Buffalo Wild Wings chicken like multiple nights a week. It's, it's I like live off of the, the Parmesan garlic sauce of Buffalo Wild Wings is my blood type. <laughs> like that's my whole being. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I've interviewed a lot of successful actors and the ones that are my favorites are the successful actors who are actually secret garbage human beings. And that... <laughs> It is what I'm getting here, and I love it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I, it's I, I'm shameless about it. It is really, and I will say we we do experiment with like I love making this Chrissy Teigen chicken recipe that's like crispy skinned, and her recipe, of course, has like rosemary and lemon and garlic, and we just make it with the Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> sauce. So we like we like try to do where we make we actually cook, but then we just slather it in B dubs, and then that's our meal. Wait a second. So basically, what you're doing is you're just looking at her recipe for the temperature to put your oven at and then you yeah just... <laughs> yeah yeah okay. I be, well I use a um a cast iron skillet and I'll do chicken like uh, skin on bone in chicken thighs and then she, she does it so you do it pressed against the cast iron for like eight minutes and then you flip it and mm. it makes the skin all crispy and then I paint it with sauce <laughs> I paint it you paint it. I like it you're like a trashy Picasso painting yes, with the parmesan yes. garlic buffalo wild wings yes. sauce that is awesome. Wait, do you use it as a marinade or mace, like a, just a base like that? Or is it a, a, do you use it as a dressing? Yeah, I sort of will baste it and then you put it in the oven for a little bit. You cook it for like 20 ish minutes and then it's, and then the sauce will like bake on top of the chicken. Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, <laughs> that sounds so gross now that I think about it. Then afterwards, we also put the sauce on like a dip, like so you could dip each bite into the sauce oh, while yeah. you're eating. Oh, like, yeah. So it asks as a marinade as well as just like a dipping sauce. Oh my God, um. <laughs> Taylor, you're you're. I know you're ruining this beautiful veneer of you that I had. It does feel like my <laughs> friends know this. Like it's like this is not uncommon for them to see in the fridge, and they know how obsessed we are. We're always the friends that are inviting people over to be dubs, and people are like, "Oh, is this a joke, or do you really want us to meet you at Buffalo Wild Wings?" So we're like, "Yeah, that's where we're at." And now it feels like this is the first public stage though that I've come out with the secret that that is my my passion is Buffalo Wild Wings. By the way, we're just gonna gloss over the fact that you quickly threw out. B dubs, which is <laughs> your shorthand. You have shorthand for Buffalo Wild Wings. <laughs> B dubs, baby. Oh, meet me at B dubs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. Let's move on. You've got one of my favorites. You've got <laughs> you've got one of my but I love it. You own it. You own it. So who cares? Yeah, yeah I got to. I got to. You have one of my favorite Trader Joe's sauces, which is the spicy yuzu sauce. 
I love oh, this interesting. sauce. Are you not a fan? I've been trying to figure out the, what to eat it with. Like, it seemed really flavorful and exciting when I was at Trader Joe's, so mm. I got it. Uh, but I'm kind of a wimp when it comes to really hot sauces, and so I've only had it with a couple things. What do you enjoy it with? Give me some tips. Well, honestly, I think that, first of all, it's not super duper spicy, which is nice, and it has a little citrus action from the yuzu. Mm. So anything that I'd put lemon in, I'd put this on. Like, I, honestly, on a stir fry, it's oh. amazing. Okay. On a stir fry, it's fantastic. I love that sauce. I, I'll I'll use it in that. That's phenomenal. As you can see, I also have a lot of a lot of lemon juice. So I do cook with lemon a lot, so yeah. I should use that instead. I mean, it, it's good. You can you can what you can do. What might be make you happy is after you slather it with the buffalo wild wings. <laughs> Cover it with another layer of buffalo wild wings. Cook it. You joke, but that sounds like it would be amazing with the Asian zing sauce. So don't even come for me. That's a great idea. Wait. I could mix the B-dubs Asian zing with the Trader Joe's yuzu sauce, and it's probably going to be phenomenal. Wait, what's the Asian zing sauce? It's like, Is it's it honestly kind of like a, but no, I don't know if it's in there. Right there, we've got Caribbean jerk and then the hot sauce and then two parm garlic. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Asian Zang is a type of buffalo wild wing Asian yeah. sauce? Oh, my. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are a disgusting <laughs> human being. <laughs> I love how you're just saying it like I should know what you're talking about. You're like, you know, yeah. you know, B-dubs had a limited release of Asian Zang. Well, they do have a limited release right now of a um, truffle sauce. That's truffalo sauce that I am so excited to order. And it's limited edition, so the stakes are really high. I keep being like, I have to cook all my like sun baskets and like meal kits first, but then we're going to Uber Eats that immediately. Truffalo sauce is the best name of anything in life I've ever heard. <laughs> I will. I mean, yeah. Mark Ruffalo should have a barbecue sauce called Mark Truffalo sauce. Mm, genius. Okay, let's go to your lemon, the lemon section. The other door is like devoted to the god of lemon. And you've got a lot of these. I mean, I'll give you a little shit for it, but not too much. But you've got a lot of the, you know, the, the, the already squeezed lemon that's in lemon, like things that look like lemons. Yeah, the little it, plastic lemon the, guys that you could get at like a 7-Eleven. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. I have real lemons too, like on my counter. I just will get lazy sometimes. And I also love um, almost every cocktail I have or make myself has lemon juice in it. And it's so infuriating when you're out or then you have to like, yeah. so it's just an easy thing. I'm not bougie about my lemon. I juice. get it. I, this is my least, this is probably my least favorite section of the fridge. Cause it's like, this is the, all the stuff that I'm not really a fan of. You've got the lemons, the fake lemons, you got the fake garlic, like the already chopped garlic, which I fucking hate those. Like they just like, they taste acrid to me. I'm not into it. And then you've got earth balance, which is like, fuck you. And then you actually, okay. Hey, 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 fuck you back. Because I bought that when I had, I think it this was honestly so long ago, but it was like my boyfriend's parents were visiting maybe and they didn't eat butter or someone, someone was visiting and didn't eat butter. Okay. And I bought that. I don't think it's actually opened. Okay. I eat, you can see butter sticks next to it. I do see I the butter. eat real butter. I eat salted butter. Oh. So you eat your words. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take it all back. I should go throw it away, honestly. <laughs> 
but I, I do use that. I do use the garlic. I have no defense for the garlic. Oh, Sorry, man. No, but I get it. <laughs> Chopping garlic's annoying, and your hands smell and all that stuff. But that that yeah. stuff, I don't know. You know what? I recommend you can still you can buy the garlic cloves that have already taken the skin off. That's like kind of a happy medium. Yes, I have some of those in the drawer. You can't see it. I do have some of those. So if I'm trying to impress or if I'm really cooking, I will cut those up. But if I'm making something fast and I just want like lemon garlic chicken yeah that whole drawer right there is all my supplies and you can make lemon garlic chicken in a snap (laughs) i like it yeah well you just put the buffalo (laughs) wild wings lemon garlic on it (laughs) parmesan garlic oh my god that's right it's a different thing it's a different thing my favorite part of the top drawer by the way is this lone Mm. Reese's pieces just hanging out (laughs) at the end just like hey guys look at me He was, okay, he was in the freezer. I used to have a bag of just the Reese's Cups in the freezer, which are great. And then we got down to one and I saw it in the freezer and I was like, this is going to get lost like or like smooshed or something bad's going to happen to this one little guy. Yeah. I'll move him to the fridge where he's more visible. He's more likely to get eaten, <laughs> yeah. get lost. And I don't, I can't tell you how long he's been there. Probably months. I mean, it's probably still good. I'm sure there's some shelf stabilizer stuff in there. Uh, I love Reese's Cups. I think they're so good. How happy are you? It's Easter egg season. You know, I wait because of peeps or because of eggs or because. No, no, because Reese's comes out with like an Easter egg and it's just like an extra big Reese's cup. That's like the shape of an egg. Oh, I don't think I've had it. Oh, they're the best they do it's yeah it's basically just a like Reese's cup on steroids it's like four times the size of a Reese's cup and it's delicious you should get it they're everywhere have they given into the hipster dark chocolate craze and done like a dark chocolate Reese's I feel like that would taste good no but Trader Joe's does dark chocolate peanut butter cups that I I also purchased they're really delicious those are awesome I do love those yeah okay great let's let's see here is there anything else that we need to hit again this is one of the best fridges we've had on the show (laughs) so congratulations are you so you must i imagine you cook a lot yeah yeah i I mean especially this year but i do cook quite a bit we do meal kits like i I was doing hello fresh for like three years Uh and then i convinced myself that i ate all of their recipes so i just recently switched it up to like sun basket so we do like three or four of those a week. And then otherwise I cook from my Chrissy Teigen cookbook or I'm cooking Buffalo Wild Wings. Wow. Yeah. Are that's you like that's the jam? Are you ordering the Wild Wings home at all? Because I don't know that so, wings travel very well. Great question. And I have a good answer. When COVID first hit and we did, we were ordering them in and both my boyfriend and I were like, this is not the same. The temperature, the crispiness, it's just not as good. Yeah. Uh, so we stopped and that's how we started making them basically by ourselves. But then recently I got an air fryer mm. and I was told that that's really good at reheating um like either fried foods or just like takeout food like that, like wings. So we ordered it again for the first time in months and months and months. And then we zapped them in the air fryer and they were delicious. Uh. So I think it's worth it if you could do that, which I'm sure you can also do in like a conventional um, toaster oven or something like that. But it's just so easy. So now we are back on the ordering B-dubs train and I'm, I am eager to get the truffalo sauce soon. I mean, it sounds like you're making it out of COVID okay, because that was probably the worst <laughs> thing to happen. 
<laughs> it was also the last place. It was the last restaurant I went to before um, the shutdown. Mm. And I have a video of my podcast co-host, actually, Alyssa, taking a video of me. I saw the first trailer for Dave at Buffalo Wild Wings. No way. And I'm like, I got up and started screaming. I was like, that's me. That's me. That's my show. And my server was like, oh, my God, you're the girl who comes here like every week. You have a real job. And Alyssa took a video and it was like, it was just like such a wonderful moment in my life to like see the trailer for Dave at my favorite restaurant with my friends. And then like less than two weeks later is when the shutdown happened. Oh my God. They were like, wow, you're the girl who comes here and like asks to lick other guests fingers uh, because you want more (laughs) sauce. That's you. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Uh, It's embarrassing, but yeah. I will tell you this. I'm a huge Buffalo wing fan. I love the Buffalo wing. I've had it probably at all the places that you're supposed to have them, like in upstate New York and, you know, where they were invented Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. I think that Buffalo Wild Wing makes a very respectable uh, Buffalo wing. Have you had the, in terms of fast food wings, though, have you had the wings at Hooters? Uh, No, but I've been told uh, by, ironically, my own boyfriend that I should. I mean. He says that they're really good at Hooters. And I was like, why would I believe you? (laughs) 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 Like, okay. I'm telling you, it's like, come for the boobs, stay for the chicken. That's what they're. Hooters, Hooters is all right. I mean, and now, now you're you're. It's a lot more valid to me now, coming from you. I think I would, I would, I would give it a shot. They're really good. I mean, it's like it's strange. They're super duper crispy. Um, I also, what do you think about the Korean take on fried chicken? Ooh, love it. There is a place in uh, Portland uh, called Pak Pak. Yes, and they have crispy garlic wings that are the most spectacular things ever. I could just eat them for days. You ready for me to to ruin your day? No. Yeah. No. No more Pock Pock. Pock Pock is out of business because of the pandemic. Oh my God, that makes me want to cry. I know. Pock Pock was such a cool place. It was like this groundbreaking Thai restaurant in Portland, then one opened in LA. And yeah, he closed a couple months ago. It's really sad. Oh, that really, really, really breaks my heart. That's awful. I know. That's really terrible. Well, I count myself very fortunate to have been there when it was thriving. And yeah. I'll do, it'll be my mission to try to CPR that whole establishment. That's <laughs> maybe oh you God. can buy, maybe you can like rent the storefront and just turn it into like a pop up Buffalo Wild Wings <laughs> that just does Thai <laughs> With flavor. With a pop special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, those wings were so good. RIP. What do you think about? There was a craze for a while of like buffalo chicken and everything. There was like buffalo chicken sauce oh, yeah. and sandwiches and in this and that. I don't I don't need that. It's actually that's a point of contention between me and Dave Bird, mm. uh little Dicky, that he like just loves buff chick as like pizza, as like a sandwich, like just loves buffalo chicken. And it's not to me, it's like it's the integrity of the wings. Mm. And a delicious buffalo sauce is great, but I'm more here for like the the wings themselves. Um and then that's just like a the sauce is a bonus so no i'm not a big like i don't really care about buff chick za and things like that yeah i'm with you i think it's kind of gross and i do agree with you i think there's something about the chicken wing to me has the perfect ratio of skin to to flesh yeah and it's fun to eat i love the activity of eating a, a chicken wing what i will say is i don't believe in and i won't tolerate someone getting boneless wings in Mm. front of me Mm. it's 
gross. Deal breaker. It's like, what's the point? Then go get. That's not the best way to eat a wing or chicken. Yeah. Like if you're if you want chicken with then eat another part of the chicken. Don't get a boneless. Like what are you? A, a, it's like it's like a nugget. Then get then go get a nugget. I don't know. I I I could really. I could. <laughs> I don't believe in it. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm glad you have such strong feelings because I agree. It's insulting to the chicken. This chicken gave up its beautiful wing. For you to yeah. enjoy yourself, and then you need to just like bastardize the whole process. Like, is it just? Yeah. This is the this is the whole trend of people being like, oh, I don't like to look at the bones because they just remind. Like, it just grosses me out. It's like, well, then you shouldn't be eating meat if it's if that's too mm-hmm. jarring for you. Of like mm-hmm. seeing the. Or like people with fish who are like, oh, if I see the head, I can't eat it. It's like, well, a fucking fish died. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> Whatever. You don't know what a fish looks like, bro. Come on. <laughs> I think that the bones, like, like it's almost as if I first of all eat them till they're they look like a cartoon drawing of a bone. Like I eat every little piece. I eat all the cartilage. Whoa. I just destroy it. I and I even will if it will like upset me if I'm eating wings with someone else and they just leave like some of the most delicious chunks, especially at the end of like little drumsticks and things. I'm like, what are you doing? It's such a waste. That's like my favorite part. Wow, you do the cartilage. You go in deep. Oh yeah, I always have too. I thought that's just like how you ate them. When I was a kid, I would just destroy chicken and eat it to the very end. Wait, did you grow up? Are you first generation? Are your parents like from Poland or no? No, no. So my my dad's from Jersey and my mom's from California. Wow. And then it's my dad's uh, my dad's grandparents are from Poland. And then my mom's family's been here for a wicked long time. They're from like South Dakota or something. Because I feel like the children of immigrants, like we're the ones who are used to eating all the fucking cartilage and stuff because our our parents are like, <laughs> we we escaped our country to come here. We don't have enough money. Eat the fucking cartilage. And we're like, okay, I'll eat the cartilage. Oh, yeah. Or, or like parents who are or grandparents who are living through the Great Depression will save like a bite of cheese and wrap it in paper <laughs> and like put it in the fridge. And you're like, this is trash. Right. Like, it's food. It's food. <laughs> right. It's food. Like have the pig knuckles and shit like that. That's badass. I, I've never I haven't met many <laughs> non children of immigrants who do the cartilage. <laughs> Or like non-Japanese people. Japanese people will fuck up the whole chicken every single yeah. inch of it. Do you do yakitori? Yeah. I feel like you'd love yakitori places. What's yakitori? Oh my God, Taylor. I'm about to, that the depression I just gave you with Pock Pock closing, I'm about to take yeah, you out of yeah. it. I'm about to take you out of it. Ooh, okay. So yakitori is basically a Japanese type of restaurant. It's basically Japanese kebabs, okay? And mm. in general, it's skewers that are, you know, small skewers and it's chicken based. It's mostly chicken. And mm-hmm. they will cut this poor fucking chicken in so like every single little piece. You can have a skewer of just the cartilage. You can have a skewer of chicken hearts. You can have a skewer of chicken wings. You can have a skewer of something called chicken oyster, which is the back of a chicken. There's like that, you know, that little circular thing. Yeah, yeah, Imagine yeah. Imagine a skewer full of them. It's my favorite type of restaurant. Like they're amazing. That and I sounds feel like spectacular. You would I would love destroy it. that. That sounds unbelievable. It's the best. The best place in LA is a place called Nambankan. I'll text you the name later, but it is Yeah. It is you walk in there and it's like you've been transported into Tokyo. And it's very special because the the kind of uh, coal that they use is something called bitochin, which is like some special coal from Japan that comes from some random tree that they like go up into the forest and you know the monks pray over it. I don't know. But it is hell yeah, so delicious, and the flavor that it imparts on—it's just the best. Fu- you would absolutely die for it, especially since yeah, that sounds so up my alley. Yeah. Oh, exciting! Yes, I love it.
Okay, let's get into it. So, you gave this TED Talk. Yeah. In 2019 is when it was posted. Yeah, I think it was early 2019. Early 2019. And there were so, so many layers of it. But first of all, the funniest thing about it is the way that you end it, which is by saying something along the lines of... I have like hope that people are going to wait. Hold on. I even wrote this down. Hold on. Because I was like, this is so funny. You were basically just concluding on saying on saying why you wanted to teach people about etiquette. And you were like, I'll keep doing this song and dance until I get famous and I can quit. And it got an applause. It got a laugh break. Like people were laughing like, ha, ha, ha. Look at the dumb L.A. actress saying one day she's going to be famous. And you got famous like like probably six months after that. Which is so funny to me. Thank God, or else it's still so sad. Uh, yeah, yeah, the timing of that, thank God, really, really worked out in my favor. So, whew, so crisis funny. Subverted. So, okay, so let's get into it. So, basically, you were giving this TED Talk from the point of view of a server at a restaurant about restaurant yeah. etiquette, things that we don't know that we do wrong, things that... That we just, you know, we have the best of intentions, but we do uh, wrong. Why don't you get into the ones that you covered? Well, first of all, just uh, just a little origin story because it is just so bizarre and random uh, to have done like a TEDx uh, talk is that I was on Instagram doing one of those like ask me anything AMA type things. And there was a just random question from someone that was like, if you could do a TED talk, what would it be? And I said, the only thing that I feel qualified to give a TED talk on is how to not be the worst at a restaurant. I feel like I'm constantly as a surfer dealing with issues that my customers don't even understand our issues. They don't understand that they're being difficult, which in and of itself makes them more annoying. So I responded with that on the Instagram and was like, that's what I would do. And then uh, this wonderful kid at Wabash College reached out to me and was like, hey, I don't know if you were serious, but we actually do TEDx talks. Like, do you want to apply? And I was like, don't threaten me with a good time. I did speech in high school. I will be there immediately. So it just kind of snowballed out of this like joking around casual Instagram thing. And then I was like, no, I would love to do this. This would be really fun and therapeutic. So uh, and, and I will say that my first draft of it, everybody who was working on it with me was like, OK, um, maybe we can make it less angry. Like, is there a world where this is a less like fueled with rage speech? And I was like, OK, for sure. I'll try to come from like a nice place. But it was really nice to get that one soapbox moment out of my system. Uh, some of the things that I talk about, I I really loathe when people will want to just pull up a chair. Like if there is a two top, it's probably designed to be a two top for more reasons than you think. So if you just like pull up an extra chair and all of a sudden there's three people, you're blocking a walkway, which is going to block servers. It's going to block people who are busing. It's also a like literal danger in terms of a fire hazard and whatever. Uh, so that's something I talk about, which is also the bigger point in general, when people talk to servers, they they do say just, which really belittles like what the server it doesn't give the server an opportunity to really like have a conversation. They're right. like, well, just instead of the salad, I'm just going to do it as a sandwich. It's like, no, you're not just going to do anything. I'm going to do something. This is my job. And the, oh, I'm just going to pull up a table or I'm just going to order something off menu or I'm just going to have a different version of this. It's like, no, you're not like that's shutting down. It's not a real question. It's not an honest question. It becomes a 
rhetorical and then you become a jerk. And people have every right to have a good time and to be having a blast at a restaurant. But there's so many to choose from. So why don't you just go to one that's probably going to have a better experience for oh you than God. show up to mine and <laughs> act like it's a different place. Like it's bananas to me. So as you, I mean, again, I could go on. That for- sounds like what the original TED Talk was before they pared it down. <laughs> No, but you know, I did learn something, and I feel I consider myself a a a kind of very empathic restaurant guest. Like I, mm. I I I kind of understand. I like to think that I know what what they're going through on the other side, and I didn't know that there was there was the first example you bring up is when you're walking someone to their table and they say, "Oh, can we just sit at that table instead?" Yeah, and you bring up the point that it's not that the table isn't ready; it's just it's that the server isn't ready to take on that table Mm -hmm. and you're you know the better way is to do it is say hey i'd much rather sit over there i'm willing to wait for whenever it's ready yes there's a i think first of all being a host in a restaurant is the most thankless job in maybe the world i i it's it's easier when you're a server because you get to give people what they want right when you're a host you're dealing with hungry people who are never happy with what you give them and it seems people are already annoyed to even be talking to hosts so there's like (laughs) just bring me to my table oh i'll take that one and it's like there's a system (laughs) and the system is designed to make the experience better for you. So if we take you to a table and it's it means that that one's ready to go, there's a server who is totally prepared to take you. And if you just switch it up and you ignore, you think that there isn't any real thought that's gone into it, you're wrong. Right. But yeah, that's a that's a big one for me. Uh, and sitting at dirty tables, ugh, gross. Oh, Especially pre-COVID, like p- people wouldn't give a hell sitting down at like a filthy table, and oh I'd be like, God. "Don't you? Is that gross you out, Disgusting. man?" Disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I was trying to guess what restaurant. Don't tell me. I think I, I think I, I want to guess what restaurant that you worked at because it had a mm. very strong brunch service, and it's <laughs> you seemed very annoyed. And there's an annoying place that has a crazy fucking brunch line outside. And whenever I drive by it, I'm like, "Why do people go to this restaurant?" Was it the Blue Jam Cafe? Oh, no. <laughs> but I would straight up send people there sometimes from my place. I would be like, I'd be like, honestly, you could try Blue Jam. Or there was another really wonderful uh, brunch spot that was really close to where we were um, that was famous for serving like huge, huge pancakes. What is that place called? Oh, that's Sunset. Awful fucking place. I live right around the block from it. it really crammed all the time. Always a line out the yes. door. What is that place called? Oh, it's disgusting. It disgusts me. I've been there once. And I was like, this is absolutely disgusting. It's going to come to us. Hold on. I'm going to look this up. Pancake okay. Place, Los Angeles. <laughs> disgusting. <Pancake laughs> and it's really crammed uh, inside. Like you're just shoulder to shoulder when you go the in. The griddle. The griddle. Yes. The griddle. Good job. Yeah. Uh, the griddle. Good job, Google. Um, yeah. So we were down the street from the griddle. Unfortunately, my restaurant isn't open anymore. Uh, what was but it? we were. It was called Scrumptious Cafe and Bakery. It was on Hayworth in West Hollywood. It is now a Tacos Two Madres. Okay. And Madres, Madre. It's one Madres. Madre, yeah. This one is Madre. One Madre. One Mama. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with two Madres. We're not saying anything's <laughs> wrong with two Madres. <laughs> Nothing's wrong with Tacos Two Madres. But yeah, it was uh, it was a brunch place, and we were we were by the the griddle, and it was it was interesting too because Monday through Friday, very different vibe. It was like some people working on their laptops, nice and mellow. I had so many regulars I really loved. I knew everything about their lives, and they would chat with me. And then the weekends would be like a war zone. Like the weekends would be absolutely 
absolutely bonkers, as I think most brunch places probably are. But that was that was where I was working. I've also worked at Din Tai Fung. I've worked at Granville Cafe, Whoa. and I've worked at Shin Ramen. I've I've been around the block. Wait, Din Tai Fung is a fantastic restaurant. It's like a Taiwanese yes. place. I think there's one in Taiwan and in L.A. Mm-hmm. But they're like a dumpling house that is unbelievably fantastic. Really good. It's really good. They make their food in a really authentic way. The dumplings are really are really really special as an employee they're so special you can't really eat them so i would just eat like green beans with garlic like regularly but i've been since i and it was really fun to go as a customer and that's one of those places that really taught me about because it was busy all the time like a really well-oiled machine in terms of a seating system and like the hosts working cohesively with the servers and the servers working cohesively with the runners like that place figured it out uh and that was the place also where i would have customers like ask if i was stupid i would be like oh it's a 90 minute wait and they'd be like are you stupid there's tables open and i'd be like i'm not stupid i'm just doing my job you lady um wait yeah very very good dumplings let's go back a little bit though because i've i think brunch is a fucking garbage dumb like (gasps) thing it's a completely stupid dumb thing what do you mean? Okay. What could you possibly mean? Okay, ready? Here's what I possibly mean, Taylor. I'm paying <laughs> $17 for three dumb eggs and some roasted potatoes. I have to wait online for one hour. The service mm-hmm. is subpar because they're so fucking packed and they just want to get you mm-hmm. out of there. I'm hungover. It's loud. It's the last thing mm-hmm. I want to do. Okay, well, that's totally fair. <laughs> I can't argue. I think all that's totally fair. But I just there is something. The reason it's so packed, the reason it's so busy is because it is the like worst kept secret of that being such a spectacular time and thing to eat. And you and you got to be smart about ordering because I agree with you. Even at restaurants I worked at, I would be like, don't get this. You're paying twenty dollars for an egg. Right. Uh, But if you go if you're hungover, you go, you wait, you get like a big juicy burger with an over easy egg on it and like a Thick, bloody Mary, like, oh, like that's heaven. And that's why it's so chaotic because everybody knows that that's heaven. Yeah. But you do got to do it right. You got to go the right place. Yeah. But okay. Okay. I thought you were going to come for like the actual smooshing of breakfast and lunch and I was like are you not a fan of innovation like do you not like like you like I just don't understand how you could creatively like be opposed to brunch. I am a traditionalist. Breakfast is breakfast, lunch is breakfast, lunch. lunch, and dinner. A man and a no. woman are meant to be together. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. I've had some very fun brunches, but it's just in general, the culture around it and like people who just love brunch too much kind of annoy me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you, if, it, it can't be your personality. Yeah. Like, don't. But if it's like a fun thing you do every once in a while, you should you should do it. Don't don't be totally turned off to brunch. Have you been to... Uh, there is a place called Nighthawk Breakfast Bar in, I think it's technically Marina Del Rey, but it's near Venice. And it is so good. And every item on the menu is sort of a genius brunchy, like egg on a hamburger or mm. like huevos rancheros with like Cajun shrimp in it. Like everything is something, a little like twist yes. on a breakfast or lunch item. And I think it's, and they have uh, a whole list of crazy cold brew cocktails. Whoa. Does this make me sound like a basic bitch? No. Listing all of cold these Cold brew cocktail. I'm, 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 I'm back in. That sounds kind of fun. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's, and I have been a few times and then the times I've been, it hasn't been insanely packed and they also take reservations. So I'm going to convince you, man, I'm going to get, I'm going to get you there. You're going to, like brunch 
There are many versions of the origin story of Buffalo Wings, but most roads lead to the world-famous Anchor Bar in Buffalo, New York. As the tale goes, there was a misdelivery of chicken wings to the bar, instead of necks and backs for making the bar's spaghetti sauce. Faced with this unexpected resource, the owner, Frank Bellissimo, asked his wife Teresa to do something with them, and do something with them she did. The city of Buffalo proclaimed July 29, 1977 Chicken Wing Day and celebrated Frank Bellissimo as the inventor of the wing. Even though he basically opened the door to the kitchen and yelled at his wife to just do something about the wings, will ya? Next time you sit down to a plate of wings, make a toast to Teresa, the Beyonce of Buffalo Wings. Let's get to... The questions that I ask every guest towards the end of the episode, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited to hear what you have to say because you seem to speak. I, this is this is great. You're like so. I'm so happy when I meet successful people, successful actors who are huge foodies because it's like mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends who are who are you know Hassan Minaj, Hassan Minaj, mm-hmm. very famous, lots of money. Yeah. The guy fucking eats like a four year old kid. Like he just goes. <laughs> to like get like dumb ham, dumb like s- shitty like single patty burgers from like crappy places, and he just uh, he has no mm-hmm. desire. And I'm like, you're just a waste of fame, Hassan. Like, there's no reason. <laughs> you have so many good food resources. Oh, like you, God. Oh, yeah. And anybody living in a city, like you, like there's so many places you could go eat. I also, I think it's funny. I was, uh, it was actually at the end of last year. I mean, it was pre pre COVID. I went out with one of the writers from Dave, and she sat down to order with me. And was like, I don't know, what are you thinking? And I rattled off like a couple of things that sounded good to me if we wanted to share. And she was like, oh, I normally hate eating with actresses, but this seems like it's going to be fun. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know how I'm supposed to take that. <laughs> like, I'm a fun actor to eat because I eat stuff. Like, I'm eating a lot of the things. That's, I don't have that many rules. That's more to say than most uh, actors can do. <laughs> yeah. Let us get to these questions. Yes. Ready? Okay. Number one. What is your Mm -hmm. earliest food memory? My earliest food memory, I was born in San Jose and my dad uh, moved here with his father to when my mom got pregnant. So I was living with my parents, my grandparents. My earliest food memory is with my granddad who was from Jersey. He would go to like the market and get a bunch of crabs because he was so excited to be living in the Bay Area and he would come home and we would eat them in our back garage on top of newspapers and like literally break them with a hammer. So my er I'm like a little, little kid. That's my earliest memory is eating crabs on newspaper with my grandpa and we would listen to the Yankees on the radio. Wow. That's a great Mm -hmm. early memory. I mean, that's very Maryland of you guys. Yeah, it's a weird... It's just... I think the... The East Coast part of where my dad was coming from was just so excited for all like the new shellfish that San Francisco kind of had to offer them. Like, yeah. and they were just so obsessed with it. So they were all about getting crabs and stuff from San Francisco. I love that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You are on death row. Okay. Yes. You were, see- you were, see- you, you were going to seat someone. You said it's a, it's a three hour wait. And she said, are you <laughs> fucking kidding me? And you couldn't take it and anymore. And her. you murdered her. <laughs> You're like, the wait is over. That was what you said, right? <laughs> yeah, the wait is over. 
<laughs> Wait for this, bitch. Yeah, that's great. So and I'm on, on death, death row. row. You're on death row. I would have, uh, I get to pick like the specific place it comes from, yeah? Absolutely. This is, uh, we can Postmates anything to your death row. Okay, great. I would have a hamburger from Joe Allen's in New York. They do a hamburger like actually rare. And mm. it's just bloody AF and it's my favorite. And I love hamburgers. I love them of any any cheap ones, expensive ones, fancy ones, uh, gimmicky ones. And they're just a plain delicious burger from Joe Allen's. I would have it with French fries. I would have as an appetizer, if I was allowed, oysters on a half shell. I love raw oysters. And I would ask that they were. This is a, by the way, this is, it's a very generous prison. You're allowed an appetizer. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. My appetizer would be oysters on a half shell. They would be well fleet oysters from Massachusetts. Whoa. The fattest, juiciest ones. I've had, so can I say this? This is like probably the most impressive thing about me. Please. I've had so many raw oysters in my lifetime. On two different occasions, I found pearls in my mouth. Shut the fuck up. Isn't that crazy? Oh, my God. I've never, ever found a pearl in an oyster. I've eaten a lot of oysters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Whoa. Yeah, me too. I've destroyed it. But I love them so much. I think they're so good. Are you a, more of a fan of a big briny oyster or like a buttery kind of, you know, more mild but like super buttery, like a Kumamoto? No, I like the the first thing that you the said. The big briny, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. I think uh, I'm with you. I love blue points. Those are my... Ooh, yeah. Those are pretty good. <laughs> oyster talk. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you get a blue point oyster, you put a little bit yeah. of that Buffalo Wild Wing Parmesan crisp <laughs> sauce on it. Oh, bro. <laughs> <laughs> my parents always would tease when I was growing up that I was going to be either the most expensive or the most cheap date because those would be I would be like I either want a McDonald's hamburger or I want two dozen oysters on a half shell immediately <laughs> I'm telling you I'm happy that I hope that you're using your fame to give you better access to places because that's all I do I call restaurants I'm like yeah hi this is Dan I'm in the show Cobra Kai can I get a reservation <laughs> <laughs> I should. Now that things are opening back up and like oh. people are getting vaccinated, I can really start to I could start to take advantage of that. You absolutely should. Uh, do you have FX on Hulu? Do you know who Little Dicky is? <laughs> <laughs> I will say this. Anyone who's seen the show has completely fallen in love with the show. It was my favorite comedy of the last year. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's nice that it came out at such a scary time and that it was a surprisingly heartwarming show. So it was nice that it made people laugh when everybody was really freaked out. Yeah, you know? yeah, it was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the craft services like on set? We had a really good um, crafty like snack section. You know how there's like craft services that serve like the meals. Yes. And then there is a separate like the people who run the coffee bar and like make really substantial like mid shift sort of snacks. And it's ran by this guy named Todd, who is so fucking good at his job. And just in the middle of the day, we'll be like Buffalo uh, cauliflower is like the snack or we're doing dumplings as the snack. And the snacks were always like so delicious. So yeah. I would find myself like sort of skipping out on even the lunches and breakfast and being like, I'm just going to have whatever Todd's making. Yeah. That's going to be delicious. It's very hard to stay skinny on set because you'll have like your three normal meals like the meals like your breakfast and it's like the breakfast is like a huge omelet bar and then there's like lunch which yeah. is going to be like a big like fucking catered thing but then between that they're like hey guys we're just doing like a breakfast burrito t- hour and you're like okay yeah. and then they're like now it's cuban sandwiches at at 2 30 and you're like what the fuck man how am i <laughs> <laughs> the other day we were shooting first of all it's harder now in covid because everything has to be pre-ordered and like self like it has to be very individually wrapped 
trapped and yada yada. But uh, Dave and I broke the rules the other day on set. And we both split this like big, beautiful, hot bow that was coming from our crafty. That was like this big, meaty dumpling sort of thing. And Dave and I are just like animals, like sitting on the ground and eating it. And Santino came up to us and was like, how the fuck are you eating so much hot, crafty meat right now? <laughs> like, how do you guys make a show or act when you eat so much meat on set? And I was like, I, truly with my mouth full of like beef. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Like, uh. So people have, I'm, I'm not professional enough yet to like have the things that I do and don't eat on set or like learning my rituals. If it looks good, I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to have right. some you're of like, that. And it's like fucking eating a prime rib right before you need to go on. A prime on. rib before I have to do like a nudity scene. I'm like, what? Crafty is so good. They had mac and cheese with beef in it today. And yeah, it is. It's impossible to not be eating all the time on set. It's very hard. What is the best high end meal you've ever had? This ties into what we were talking about. I was, uh, I think... I've been fortunate enough to be to have a lot of really delicious foods and like travel a little bit, but I really enjoyed and was so impressed by this Japanese restaurant called Mizumi in Las Vegas mm. at the Wynn. And but what I'll say about it, it's beautiful. It has like a waterfall inside. Like it's one of those really like you know extravagant, super elaborate v- Vegas restaurants. First of all, any restaurant with a waterfall inside is the best restaurant <laughs> in the world. It's Mizumi yeah. and the Rainforest Cafe are the two best restaurants. <laughs> In the world. What if? Would you be surprised if I was like, well, the Rainforest Cafe at the Mall of America. No, but I will say my f- the food was unbelievable. It was a really special occasion. It was my boyfriend and I's anniversary, I think. And the sushi, like the actual fish, spectacular. They also had like a bunch of selection of different types of Wagyu that were really interestingly prepared. But what was uh, better than even the waterfall is watching my server work. She was a career, like high end server. And one of our dishes came out late and I got to see her through the corner of the restaurant, like rip into someone in the kitchen wow. and then turn around and just like Stepford wife smile and come back to the table. And she was like, I'm so sorry about this. We're going to, and she was so unbelievable and such a pro. She was like the Tom Brady of servers. And just to be eating that food that was so good. And then also the little like server nerd and me be so impressed by her. And there's a waterfall there. Like that's my answer. Wow. <laughs> that is a great answer. By the way, that just reminded me of another point that you made in your lecture which was, you said something that, I was so happy that you said it, which was just because you're returning something, there, everyone think, assumes that the restaurant's going to be pissed, the servers are going to spit in your food, everyone's going to go, n-. like, that's not the way it is. These people take pride in their food and they want you to have yeah. it the way it is. Yes, I, I, like, sending something back is not in and of itself the worst. Like, you're not the worst if you're just like, hey, I don't care for this or this wasn't prepared the way I asked or I was expecting something different based off of what was on the menu or whatever. That's totally fine. Just try to do it as soon as possible so then they could fix it and, like, be clear and not, like weirdly passive aggressive or like super apologetic yeah right. that's the other thing is if you take so much time to be like oh my god i am sorry i never do this i never i mean you're t- I, you tell him right i've never done this it's like girl just tell me just tell me i'm gonna grab it i'm gonna go back to the kitchen i'm gonna take care of you but yeah that is uh i i that's something i wish more people knew oh my god i've done it sometimes where i'll be like okay look i i i I this and I just sit coming out of my mouth. It feels so douchey that I'm about to say this, but like I'll I'll I, I'm an investor in a restaurant, so I'll, I'll just say like, mm-hmm. hey, listen, I'm a part owner of a restaurant. Like I understand how restaurants work, but this is that like that's my dumb little preface, and mm-hmm. I think it's mm-hmm. kind of douchey and unnecessary. It's it's 
least I wonder I that would not make me feel bad. I would wonder though if another observer would like roll their eyes cuz I've also done a similar thing where I'm like, "Don't worry, I'm a server." And I think yeah. most of the time people are like, "Okay, fuck off. You're not right now. You're a customer right now. Like you I'm the server right now." But I think it I think giving context is is helpful most of the time. I'll usually bust that out though if there's like if there's suddenly a back and forth, which I fucking Oh hate. yeah. If there's a back and forth and, yeah. and it's clear that I'm in the right cuz I'm I know when I'm in the right. <laughs> Yeah, then that's a card to pull out that's like, no, no, I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's fair. I'll allow it. Thank you. I appreciate it. What is the best low-end meal you've ever had? Ooh, this one I was excited about. So I mentioned that I worked at a place called Shin Ramen, which is a, a ramen place in Hollywood. It's on Hollywood and La Brea. And I really loved working there because they had really spectacular uh, Japanese chefs. And I learned all about ramen. And it's like such an interesting food that's just like rich with tradition and like rules and like all of these different things that you could do. And the way it's prepared is so specific. And two years ago, uh, my uh, friends and I went to Tokyo mm. and everybody had different things that they wanted to get. Obviously there's so many. And I was like, I just really, it's going to be so cool for me if I get to go get ramen somewhere. And it was the first stop. It was like, it was, it was like a fast food ramen. I swear it basically came out of a vending machine. Mm-hmm. Like it was completely inexpensive. It was really accessible. It was like in this kind of like weird neighborhood, but it was the most spectacular ramen I had ever had. And it was so special for me. It was such a full circle moment. Like when I was at Shin Ramen, I never thought I would be able to go to Tokyo and have actual authentic ramen. Right. And so the whole full circle of it all was really, really wonderful. And I loved telling my friends, like, no, you have to slurp it. Like, we're not talking during this. All of us are just bowing our heads and we're eating the soup. No, you're not supposed to talk. Like, I was like such a little like asshole about it. But it was funny that it was one of my most the end of the trip we're all talking about our some of our favorite things and i was like that ramen that came out of like a soda vending machine was like a highlight of my life and everyone's like okay great (laughs) but that was definitely my most special like more low-end meal even though i guess it's kind of backdoor braggy that i like went to asia to have it i guess no is that elitist hey (laughs) i'm totally fine with backdoor elitism here (laughs) but i i'm with you i think ramen is probably one of the cheapest foods that so much pride is taken in making it Mm. You know, yeah, it is awesome. And it's so special the way they do the noodles and like to watch somebody do it like a ramen chef is like hardcore. Yeah, they are hardcore. And, they, and it's it, it truly is an art form. And like the broths, I mean, just the range of broths and the kinds uh. of noodles and the, you know, the the toppings, the toppings are so much fun, like the egg or the bamboo mm-hmm. shoots or the seaweed. I mean, it's just I was in I was also in Tokyo and. <laughs> When <laughs> when I was in Tokyo, I was with a buddy who's a journalist, and he was working on a story. And so the days I was free, and every day I had a bowl of ramen, like a little fat boy. Uh, I had a different yes. bowl of ramen, and then at night we'd do our like fuck off sushi dinner stuff. But to me, the yes. ramen, the ramen was like way more. Like I feel like you can get this is going to be very contentious, but I feel like you can get just as good high end sushi in LA as you can in Tokyo. I truly mm. think that. Mm. But I think the ramen game is on such a different level there. Mm-hmm. I also think that in America, they focus a little too much on tonkotsu, which is like the super porky broth that's like almost white yeah. from the pork bones, which is delicious. And I love it. 
But like, I feel like in Tokyo, the soy, the shoyu broth, the soy broth, which is like a way lighter broth, you can you can have that and like still go about your day. Whereas like, yeah, the it's not as debilitatingly is... filling. Yeah, yeah. T- uh, tonkatsu knocks me out, and yeah. that and that's why if I do, if it's gonna be in LA, I do do a lot of misos. I do a lot of the chicken broths, which are just like you know, not they're still tasty. Totally. Uh, but yeah, I totally agree with you. The I mean, I just listed off a sushi place in Vegas too. <laughs> I think you can get like really fuck you good sushi here. And oh, yeah. I am such a little ramen head and there's still places I really enjoy. And I will shamelessly plug Shin Ramen. I think their stuff is really tasty and it is as authentically made as it can be. That's the other thing. It takes so much space mm-hmm. to properly make any kind of bone broth. So if you're going to try and offer several different types, it's like your kitchen has got to be but just bonkers. So it's oh, not yeah. an inexpensive thing to invest in in terms of being a restaurateur right yeah. no it's they've got it looks like Macbeth back there they have these huge cauldrons yeah. and they're just like <laughs> <laughs> it's great what is That's your funny. favorite drunk food uh I in LA fat burger mm. like I one of the moments I like knew my boyfriend was really the one is there was a time we were we were at a bar and had got drunk back in the good old days and we took an Uber home with some friends and he was talking to the Uber driver. We're all talking and he just turned around and wordlessly handed me his phone. And I was like, oh, this is weird. Okay. And then I looked down and it's the fat burger menu for, for like Postmates. And I was like, oh, this is like, this is a provider. Like this is, this is my man. Like this is, that's it. Like to just be like, obviously we're going to be getting fat burger delivered and it'll time out perfectly for when we get home and we can eat it before we go to sleep. I was like, oh, you're my soulmate. Wow. Uh, and I just think that, that, Fat Burger is a really good, messy. I love getting it just like decked out with a bunch of stuff. Fat Burger with an egg. Yeah. A drunk is delicious. So, it yeah, is. I think it's fat burger. wonderfully gross. I'm with you on that one. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite hangover cure? I, uh, I always love a pad thai from yes, anywhere. Yes, that's a great pad one. Pad thai is a really good hangover fix. Thai food in general, I feel like is great for hangovers because it's explosive with flavor. You know, you've got the char from some, you know, fried stuff and it's just like, Mm -hmm. it's it's soothing. I love, Mm -hmm. I love Thai food for hangovers, Mm -hmm. especially. Good one. Good one. Do you have a a favorite Thai place that you get from? Fucking Pock Pock. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, I brought it up again. it's one of those things where I, I'm not super picky about it. So anytime I really am looking on like an Uber Eats or a Postmates or whatever is around, Siamese Garden in Venice is really tasty. I've been getting that a lot lately. Uh, but not a – do you have a specific recommendation, a favorite Thai spot? Love to eat Thai. Love to eat Thai. Great name. Yeah. Don't even have to write that down. Love to eat. And it's like <laughs> L-U-V and then the number two. Great. <laughs> Love to eat's great. I like Night Market. Oh, yeah. Night Market's good. I've been – yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But – Come for the pad thai. Stay for the crispy pork collar. Ooh, mm. it's like sugary and sweet and tangy and Ooh, nice. tasty. I love it. Ugh. Who is your favorite celebrity food personality? This can be a chef. It can be a host. It can be a you know. I do. I've already preached how influential she is on me. I I really do like Chrissy Teigen's books. Yeah. I have cravings and I have hungry for more. And I cook out of those cookbooks a lot. I think they're really accessible easy recipes and there's some that are more complex than others but i i just like i like her shit i think it's good i also think that anything gordon ramsay does is so hilarious i think he's so funny he's like maybe a horrible person like but he's so hilarious to me so those are my two very basic answers no those are good i i think the funny thing about gordon ramsay is he seems he's like he's actually a really good guy 
but he's just a master at playing the role of the bad guy. He's yeah, so good yeah. at it. He's a comedic genius because of the, the the like stupid sandwich line. And then if you watch him on Master Chef Junior, he's really kind to the kids. Yes, it's fun to see a different version of him that's still very sweet and playful. And like now, him and his daughter do TikToks that make me laugh. Like I I think Gordon Ramsay is great. I do wish he brought his same intensity though to the kids master the master chef junior i think that would be hilarious if you just that's why people tuned in people were like into- oh my god are we gonna see him like throw hot oil in a nine-year-old's face like what what's gonna happen are you on the fucking spectrum what's wrong with you <laughs> <laughs> what is your desert island food so you're trapped on a desert island you're never gonna leave what's one thing you're never gonna get tired of i thought about this and I thought of a couple of different answers, but I think this one is true. And honestly, like sourdough bread. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I don't know. I just turned it, into oh, like, yeah. I don't know why I turned into a Minnesota housewife suddenly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I th- I was thinking like, okay, I love, I love potatoes. It could have been potato. It could have been just pasta. But I, anytime I go to like, not that I go often, but like a Renaissance fair or I see like a renaissance movie and people are just eating like bread and a turkey leg, I'm like, that would be fine by me. As much as I love food and I'm a foodie, like I... I would survive off of just a thick, delicious bread and like a big old hock of a turkey leg just fine. And then if I go to the desert island, I would choose the sourdough bread over the turkey leg. But well, that's what, what I if, would pick. What if there was a medieval times on that desert island? What if I told you that? That would be perfect. I'd be content. Like mead, like turkey and like sourdough and like a big old like thing of mead. I would just be, I would be a content, honestly. A happy camper. Oh my God. I love that. That's the best answer I've ever gotten for that question. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. In all, in all, my, my Thanksgiving this year, I was alone because it was COVID and not going anywhere. Mm. And I kind of loved it because I was like, cool, I can cook my favorite parts of the turkey. And I did a turkey leg and I did like, oh, my God, you're going to love this. I took turkey necks. Turkey necks are <gasps> fucking delicious. Yeah. I, I cut them into the basically the size of a buffalo wing and I made turkey neck buffalo wings. You should write a book about this. <laughs> That's spectacular. It that was sounds amazing. balls. It was so wow. good. Wow. And you got to have the whole turkey legs by yourself, right? Yeah. I didn't have to share it with anyone. Yeah, that's the thing. When I was growing up, I am the bossiest of my siblings, so I would always get to have a leg at Thanksgiving. And then when you become an adult and you have to like go to other people's houses or do it, they don't. They usually just cut it up, and that was really hard for me to see. Yeah, (laughs) I was like, no one's just gonna pick that up with their hand and eat it with their mouth. People just like chop it off, and then and again, so much gets left on the bone. Yeah, and because I'm usually with friends or like a boyfriend's family, and I'm trying to be polite, I don't like rip it off of the plate and start just gnawing on the bone. But it's a really it's a tough challenge for me i understand that, that thanksgiving meal sounds phenomenal oh my god honestly. a bowl of chicken uh, uh, there's something i'm telling you i'm going to market that the the buffalo turkey went turkey next do it it's do it. so good <laughs> switching gears what is the least favorite food what is there is there a food that you can't stand eating i've had a big journey with this food in general i used to not at all like cheese uh, which is big, but I now I that's not true. I'm in I, shock. I do I do like some cheeses. I really though hate 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 uh, fills my head with like the need to, to vomit type of feeling. Uh, nacho cheese or like cheese fondue, like if it's like a melted syrupy yellow 
she's uh, God, I can't even be in the room. Interesting. Yeah. I just think I've always been so grossed out by it. And that made me when I grew up, I was like, I don't like cheese because when you're a kid, you see so much like nachos. And I was like, I can't. And wow. then you'll find much like the, the stereotype of boys being like, I'm sure you like video games. Let me show you some. Anytime I dated a guy and told him I didn't like cheese, he would be like, try this poor ovalone and like really want to <laughs> really want to change my life. Uh, that being said, my current boyfriend has a little bit, and there are now cheeses that I do like, and but they're like solid, sharp cheeses. Okay. They have to be very far away from the nacho cheese realm. So it sounds like you're not into runny cheeses. Like, no. are you not into like brie? No, no, no. Okay, so you like no. a hard cheese, like a hard cheddar. I like a manchego, a manchego. Uh, like a really hard, crisp Parmesan, like that you could break up. But I really could do without it. I just don't, I don't, I don't need it in my life. What about a grilled cheese sandwich? Yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. What about a eggplant parmesan? Yeah, no. I, I have made different like eggplant parmesan type things and I just don't use as much parmesan. But if it's like baked in, it's not the star of the dish, that's fine. But yeah, like chicken, uh, chicken parm with like a thick layer of cheese is like, no, I'll just have chicken. Also, can we talk about the guys that you were dating who were like... <laughs> Yo, try someone who's fucking provolone. Like, who were these? <laughs> that's what pe- that's what people don't believe you if you say I don't eat cheese. They just don't believe you. And then they tried, and then, like, they j- and my parents just gave up. They were like, sounds like she doesn't like cheese, so we're just gonna not give it to her anymore. And then once I went to college, everybody was like, no way, you gotta, you gotta like cheese. How about this, like, mozzarella? And would, like, demand that it be ordered it would be on my burgers and shit and I'd be like I just don't I don't like it and then once I started dating Tony we went to um, Senespia was like one of our first dates and we saw Casablanca there and he was like look I don't want to put too much pressure on you but I brought a little like meat and cheese plate and some of these cheeses I think you'll vibe with and he was like a little gentler with it and then I was like "All right, as long as you're not telling me what to do yeah don't force your uh, cheese agenda on me yeah yeah but people are really personal about it people will be like what do you mean it's like what did you invent it calm down like it's meh. and that's ironically one of the more like it seems like it's an actory like like thing for me to be like i don't eat cheese like i don't eat dairy but like yeah, i eat dairy i love yogurt i love fucking milk i'll say it but right. i just don't like cheese <laughs> by the way in la an actor saying i'll eat fucking milk i'll say it that's like she can get canceled for that so <laughs> i could i really you. could it's shock it's shocked people before it's like i'm like i'll drink cow's milk like what like <laughs> i applaud your bravery taylor thank you thank you thank you last question what is and this is gonna be fun because you did a you did a you did a lecture about it. I know we already did it. We already did this whole question. Well, what is your as you, I know your restaurant pet peeves as a server. What is your restaurant pet right. peeve as someone who is a guest at a restaurant? Interesting, interesting. Are most people's answers like something that the restaurant is doing to them or something that other people that they go with are annoying them, like within their group? Because I, mean, I don't love when I'm with someone who it makes way too many alterations. But that's sort of the same answer, right? Like, I get annoyed if I feel that my friend that I'm going with is being the worst at said restaurant. Right. uh, So that I don't love. Um, Oh, here's one. Uh, When people, and this is just me, and I have no defense of it, really, but I would like to wait until I'm done eating. Like, I've taken my last bite, done eating, to get the check. And I am with so many people who will like get their food and like the food hits the table 
And they'll be like, and whenever you're ready, we could also just take the check, which is logically a fine, normal thing to do. Like, I get like, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with it. But me, I'm like, why are you reminding me? You're taking away from the fun of this whole experience. You're reminding me we have to pay for it. You're reminding me it's going to end. It seems like no no fun. I don't like that. Who, I like to you finish eating and then you go and I'll pay for it. I don't know whoever <laughs> did this. This is an awful thing. I hate that. Oh, thank you. You agree with me? A hundred percent. To get the food and then be like, and give us the check? Yeah. That's yeah. the crazy. Oh, no. I know. I've been out with so many people who've done it and they're like, well, it's just easy. Then it's just here and then we'll be ready. And then when we're done, when we're ready to go, we'll get we'll go it's like okay but like just even seeing like oh yeah this fucking spaghetti bolognese set me back like 20 bucks it's like don't take you're taking your like <laughs> the, the enchantment of it all is gone if then i'm like eating my hot food but also like oh here's my card we'll split it it's like i don't <laughs> like that i don't like that just enjoy just enjoy it that being said don't stay at the table way past your welcome like chit chatting that's money that the restaurant needs and somebody else needs to sit down but yeah, that's a pet peeve of mine. I'd like to bring up one of my pet peeves because I have a feeling you're on the other side of it. So Ooh. this might be a little fucking here we go. This is might be a little debate, okay. a little, little point counterpoint. Okay, so I have a real issue with when a server looks me in my eyes. Don't make eye contact with me. You shouldn't be. <laughs> you're no. I'm just kidding. I have a oh my problem. God. With- <laughs> oh my God. I stopped breathing. I was like, oh my. God, <laughs> servers are subhuman. <laughs> yes. No, I have That's a problem. Crazy. I have a problem when servers take some. Let's say I'm at a table of three people. One person mm. finishes their dish. They take that dish away. Oh. And then the two other people are left there with. I feel like all the dishes need to be taken away at the same time. I wonder. I think that that's got to be the rule in like a high end place, right? Like yes. in a nicer restaurant. There's no way that because I feel like the need to like clean up and get ahead is. Uh, is something that you would do if you have a shortage of like plates and you're just like hustling or maybe you want to cut the buster or something like that. But yeah, no, I agree with you. As a di- If I'm dining, I would like all the plates to be there. Also, because I'm the slowest eater I know of yeah. my friends. So I would be the last one there. And it's like awkward then. I hate that feeling. I'm so sorry, though. I kind of wish that I just argued with you for the sake of arguing with you because I was also excited for a debate. Oh, okay. Ready? I have... I. I can debate with you. Ready? Here's what I fucking hate. I hate it when okay. servers start reading their specials, okay? And they start oh. reading them as if they're theirs. They're like, oh, okay. Um, oh, today I have a salmon. You're going to love it. It's a poached salmon on top of ah! some arugula. Oh, I also have a skirt steak with a Bernays sauce. You're going to love that one. Oh, I also... It's like, no, you don't. You know what you have? You have an acting career that you're trying to get off the ground. Here's what I'll say. Here's what I say. As a server, okay, I'm going to come for this. You so often are, like, you are personified as the restaurant to people, especially who aren't fucking using their two brain cells left in their head. Like, the amount of times people have been like, do you know what you should change about your menu? This font is very confusing on your menu. And it's like, bitch, it's not my menu. I get paid $12 an hour to be here. I have an audition for Days of Our Lives that's more important than this. I, it's not my fucking menu. So I think that when you're at a place like that where they are like, I have this delicious like uh, skirt steak special, yada, yada. I think that they're A, cer- certainly like coached to do that. And B, are just embracing that like you guys to you, I am the restaurant. Like I am your person. I also, you know what's fascinating? I had a friend who worked at this like kind of bougie spot in Chicago and she would be coached not only on how to say those scripts of those specials, but they also had a list of adjectives. They were not a 
allowed to say good or bad to customers. They had a list of adjectives where they would have to just say like rich with flavor or this is a really like aromatic cocktail. Like they had just a list in the kitchen of adjectives. Isn't that crazy? So, and I'm sure you would be there like rolling your eyes, like don't tell me about this flavorful blah, blah, blah. (laughs) And they're told to do that. Uh, Oh, really? Is the pot pie gregarious? Yeah. What That's about funny. when I ask a server, oh yeah, I'm I'm debating between, you know, this chicken or the fish, and then they just go, get the fish. It's like, hey, fucker, I need to hear the pros and cons of both of those things, and then I will make the decision. That is so Disagree. Wait. Disagree. Taylor, your time has not started yet. And then <laughs> I hate because it's so disrespectful to the chef. This chef toiled over making a menu, a menu that is a, is his or her pure expression of their culinary instincts. And now fucking server Joe is just going to be like, get the fish. Fuck you, Joe. Server Joe. I'm hitting my little like Queen's Gambit chess clock. It's my turn. <laughs> server Joe has spent hours and hours and hours serving people either the chicken or the fish. And so he's gathered all the data of the people he's watched eat the chicken and be like, meh. And then all of the da- data of people who eat the fish and are like, oh, that fish was really unbelievable. I really enjoyed that. He uses all of that data, collects it and goes, your life and your experience is going to be better if you get the fish. I know because I serve both and I see people eat it. He's not like fuck the chef back there. He makes a terrible chicken or I personally server Joe just don't eat chicken for whatever reason. And I'm, and I would eat fish. He's gathered all of that data. And he's giving you the best answer. And when people go, Oh, I'm hemming and hawing between option A and option B, they're like indecisive shitheads. And so you got to go get the fucking fish. Here's an answer for you. And I know I'm the expert. So don't come for me about that there. That's helpful. Oh my God, Taylor. This was, I had, I had, I, I thought this was going to be such a fun conversation. It ended up being probably one of the more fun conversations I've had on this podcast. Oh, thank you. This was really, really fun. Thank you so, <laughs> so much. When does season two of my new favorite comedy come out? Yeah, season two of Dave is scheduled to come out uh, this summer. I'm really, really hoping June. Um, uh, yeah, and we've got ten more episodes, and I think it's so funny and so weird. And your friend Santino is also so brilliant in it. There's so many good things. Yeah. Yeah, he's hilarious. It's it's a it's literally my favorite comedy of like the last couple of years. It's so so great. Uh, and then how can the people find you? Oh, they could find me on Instagram at Taylor Mishak, which again looks like Mishak, T-A-Y-L-O-R-M-I-S-I-A-K. And you have a new podcast. Oh, yes. And I have a podcast. So uh, my friend Alyssa Litvin and I, she's a comedy writer. We have a podcast called Table Flipping. And we have our really uh, unhinged, kind of unscripted takes on reality TV. And we spend the first half of the episode recapping what's currently on the air, which is like us reacting to the crazy stuff going on with The Bachelor, like what is going on with the love triangle at Summer House. And then we try to have the back half of our interview of our episodes be interviews with other actors, comedians and writers about their favorite reality show or their favorite person or character, quote unquote, in reality TV. And we really love emphasizing like celebrating women in reality because people paint with really broad strokes and they're like, reality TV is bad for women. And Alyssa and I are like, uh, we think it's kind of low-key inspiring to be Teresa Judice and flipping a table for what you believe in. <laughs> so, yeah. And then we have new episodes every Friday. 
wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, great. Well, if you're ever doing an episode about uh, the reality uh, competition food shows, please have me on. Oh, yeah, we should have you on. We haven't done any of those yet. They're really fun. Chef and stuff like that. Okay, great. I'm holding you to it. We're going to do that. Thank you so much, Taylor. This was so much fun. Thank you. I'm going to go eat. This episode of Green Eggs and Dan was produced by Andrew Steven and edited by Jordan Aaron. Executive produced by Jeff Umbro and The Podglomerate. You can find more of their podcasts at thepodglomerate.com. The theme music is Beautiful Food by Idan, and the interstitial music is by Breakmaster Cylinder. If you like this show, please tell a friend, share an episode, leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. It's really important to us, guys. Please do it. The Podglomerate, a sonic universe.